amazing Kate Casey. Hey everybody, welcome back to another week's episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Today is my anniversary and I've been married 10 years, which is shocking to me. Uh, it was... I got married in Hawaii. We had a destination wedding because we are, I have a complicated family situation. So we went there and we were staying at the Four Seasons and I saw John Mellencamp there and I almost shit a brick because I cannot tell you how much I love him. I'm not really a music person, but that's my jam. And I went into the hot tub with his wife, Elaine Irwin Mellencamp, his wife at the time, And I did the best I did with asking questions about their stay. He was performing at the hotel. And I was about three seconds from asking him, her, if she could ask for him to walk me down the aisle. Um, But my annoying niece came over and kind of busted um, busted my opportunity. And then I saw them eating dinner later, and I almost went up to ask him, but then my husband told me that that would be really embarrassing. And I still regret it to this day because I walked down the aisle by myself. Um, I laughed the entire ceremony because we had some strange Polynesian man. I couldn't understand anything he said. And uh, our wedding song was Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake, which is typically used at weddings, I'm assuming. And then at, after the reception, we went to a bar and I performed a in a dance-off with another bride. Uh, I, to no shock to anybody, I won that contest. Uh, so it was a great day. So yeah, 10 years later and I have four kids now. So yeah, it's hot and heavy over here. Speaking of hot and heavy, can we talk about Temptation Island? Do you guys remember that fantastic show? So basically what happened was they took several couples who agreed to live with a group of single people of the opposite sex in order to test the strength of their relationships, which is probably one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. You, If you think that your relationship sucks, the last thing you want to do is live with a bunch of single people. But a couple couple people thought it was a great idea. One of the couples actually was made to leave because the producers learned that the pair had children together, which is laughable considering how they did not find that out in the casting process. By the way, you know, who do you guys live with? Um, Have you at any time spent some time in a hospital where you may have given birth to a child? Like none of that came up. So it was a real hit for the first season. And then they tried to have subsequent seasons and it just didn't work. But that is a really that's a treasure of a show. And it was hosted by Mark Wahlberg, who had previously hosted Antique Roadshow. So how they came up with him as a host is beyond me. But I think they should bring that back because although it's a horrible idea for a show as far as being a contestant, I love to watch it. So, God, I wish they would bring that back. This week's show I'm really excited about. I have Kate Trastain from Below Deck, who... Many people have said that we have similar senses of humor, so I was thrilled to talk to her, and I believe that if I play my cards right, I might be friends with her forever. I interviewed Lyle McKenzie from the new show, Southern Charm Savannah. He is quite sweet, and I tried to get to the bottom of his relationship with Catherine and find out more information about how the show came about. And lastly, I have my old pal, my high school classmate, who was President Obama's social secretary. Disha Dyer talk about the four-part Real Housewives Atlanta reunion. So here we go. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Row Body Program members have support throughout the process. Row's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. 
So on the line, I've got Kate Chastain from Below Deck, whom I have believed since the day that it started airing that we could probably be, if not related, we would have been in the same sorority had I gone to a school that had sororities. So welcome, Kate. (laughs) Hi, thank you for having me. So um, beyond the fact that we have the same name and initials, um, you, I think we're probably a similar age. You grew up in Florida? Yes, I grew up um, in Melbourne Beach, Florida, which is in the area best known for the space shuttle and like I Dream of Genie. It's just about an hour east of Orlando. It looks beautiful there. Do people leave there? Do they just stay there? Um, it's a great place to raise a family and it's a great place to grow up as a child, but hopefully the people leave they're in college and a young adult to like, there's not a lot of opportunities for dating or careers here. It's a very good place for like families. So how did you get into the yachting industry? My cousin had done yachting for about nine years in the nineties, which I don't know how she did it because there was no like internet really, especially on boats. And uh, so you're completely cut off from the world, but she would always send us postcards from around the world. They were on our fridge and growing up, I always thought, oh, that's, you know, a cool option for life. And then after I graduated from college, I was like not ready to go get an entry level job. So I thought I'll just go do yachting for one year and travel, make some money. And then I'll decide what to do with my adult life. And then seven years later, I was still yachting. Wow. Now, what is the what's the greatest thing about your job? I mean, yachting has a lot of perks. The highs in yachting are very high, but then the lows are very low. Like great money, you don't pay any rent, you have a private chef cooking all of your meals, you don't pay for your toiletries, nothing. So all of your income is completely yours to keep. And in some cases when you're in international waters, you have no taxes because the owner could be a Russian oligarch or whatever. Um, and you're not in states where you earn your money. So you make a lot of money and you save a lot of money or you're supposed to. Um, and also the travel is really cool. And when you're working, getting a glimpse into the life of, you know, billionaires and self-made men and you hear their like stock tips while you're pouring coffee or like the celebrities they bring on board. So it's, it's a very intense way of life. So if you're someone like myself, who's uh, just fascinated by people, it's probably the greatest people watching. Definitely. Well, it taught me more than anything, social awareness, because not only are the guests really interesting, but then usually you have a multinational crew. So you're learning about other cultures and you're living with them. It's just a crash course in colloquialisms and uh, international studies, really. Okay, one thing that I was thinking about watching the, sh- the Below Deck Mediterranean is um, with your living on these boats, have you ever as women felt uncomfortable, like your safety was a concern? Do they have some sort of security on a boat that you're protected? Let's say if there's a guest on the boat who gets a little too aggressive. Well, it's funny you mention that because I, the whole reason I did Below Deck was because about seven years into yachting, I was like, there's some funny, interesting things here. So I started writing a book in my free time and then I finished it and I was like, wow, this is a good book. How can I get people to read it? And then I figured if I went on below deck, I could get famous enough where people would read my book. So I just published that book, um, in the winter and that has been really promoted. I'm going to do that when the new season of below deck airs. But one of the stories in that book is on my first yacht, there was a guest and we we're in St. Bart's and it was only like my second yacht, I was still very green, and he was completely inappropriate. And when I wrote about it, I just thought it was like a, you know, an antidote from my yachting career, nothing major. But then when readers were finding it out, they were like, oh my God. And then like Radar put a story out saying Kate was borderline, you know, molested. And I was like, whoa, whoa. But then again, it was kind of serious when you think about it. So yeah, that that is an issue, but not very often. There's no... um. It, you would just go to your captain and let them know. But when it's the guests, it's kind of like, well, are they coming back? Because you don't want to make it an issue. If it's the owner, that's you're not. the captain's not going to go to the owner. The captain's just going to fire you. What about the owner of the boat? Or not the owner, like the person, what do they call the, the primary? What yeah. If, it's the primary, and he's a Russian oligarch, and you're in the middle of, you know, foreign waters. I mean, is right. that ever an issue? I guess it could be, and I'm sure there are cases where it has been, but for the most part, when if a 
yacht owner, if that's his style of personality, he's already got some girls that he's, you know, arranged right. for that purpose. He wants to have that kind of thing in his life, but he also wants uh, his meals served perfectly. So he'll just hire. That's not our job description, and he'll find someone that it, it is. I see. Who or are, ask us to. Who are the most high-maintenance high kind of guests? Um, I don't want to be stereotypical, but, but just from working, it's true. I would say that New Yorkers are pretty high-maintenance. I had actually Ramona Singer came on a yacht that I was on. Um, oh they had just finished filming Real Housewives of New York that day in Sag Harbor. It was like second season, like early, early, early. And the yacht owner that I worked for, he had actually dated Bethany like not too long prior. And our yacht was at the same arena where they were filming on. And so when they wrapped filming, Ramona walked down the dock and recognized my owner's yacht and like walked on board. And, and uh, yeah, she's just like she seems on the show. Like she owned the joint. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. All right, what's like the most bizarre? You see when you're watching the show that the guests, the primary and the guests have very specific requests as far as food. Uh, what is the most, beyond food, uh, or including food, what is the most high maintenance thing a guest has requested? I did have one yacht owner's wife. Um, she was also a New York socialite woman. And she was having a huge party in Saint Tropez and everything had to be perfect. I mean, I sat and spent 20 minutes sharpening these pencils, designer pencils, all to the same height so they could be decorative in a pencil case on a desk in our stateroom. And like, she just, we couldn't use um, trash bags or anything, paper or plastic on the entire boat. She was just very meticulous. Um, so that was very high maintenance. But then for bizarre requests. Like a hooker? Oh, yeah, that's that's actually that's not bizarre. That's like normal. Oh, my God. So it might it is bizarre for everybody else, but it's not the biz most bizarre thing that springs to my mind. Um, How does that happen? Let's say somebody says, OK, I, we want to get a hooker. I wouldn't even know where to go. Well, usually a charter is seven days. And for a boat of the size we use on the show, um, it'd probably be around one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a week or two hundred thousand dollars for a week. Um, so the guests on the show are only coming on for about 48 hours. So for that reason, they get a prorated price, but also because, uh, they're filming, they get an even more prorated price. And so, yes, it's ex extremely discounted, but still not that cheap. And then how do they find out about the opportunity? I think that just like there are casting agents for the crew, there's also casting agents for the guests. I see. So you're probably not going to see in any upcoming episodes or of any of these seasons, like a family of three kids and like a mom and dad. They want to find people who have crazy personalities and would make for entertaining guests. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have any like kindergartners on any episodes. <laughs> Although, I mean, if you had like a bunch of them, that might be kind of funny. Right. <laughs> who, who would you say is the most surprisingly sweet celebrity that you've ever had as a guest like That's i know you question. can't you probably can't tell me someone who's horrible or if you can i would absolutely love that um right. like the best or worst something you know star jones was very very sweet she borrowed my laptop but she kept it for like two days and i felt really awkward being like hey star can i have my laptop back <laughs> <laughs> um donnie deutsch he was so nice uh he he seemed like more stern on his TV show, but he was so sweet. Um, let's see. Kid Rock was really, really polite, uh, which that surprised me because he had two girls with him and he was smoking a cigar and we were having a party in Saint Tropez and the stewardess had to tell him there was no smoking on board. And I was like, it's Kid Rock. Don't do it. And I, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Were the girls that were with him, did they have like long hair extensions and wear bandanas on their head? Yeah, he had a Barbie on each shoulder. <laughs> okay. Um, can you say anybody who's, who was a terrible guest? Hmm. <laughs> you know, my, my worst guests aren't famous. So I'm trying to go through the list of famous bad ones. 
I really haven't had any celebrities that were rude or anything. I think it's mostly because celebrities generally don't own yachts. They're always guests. So they're just being extra polite anyways. I see. Okay. Yeah. It's too expensive for most celebrities to own a yacht. They'll just charter them. I see. So. Have um, have you had ex- like the the people that have been cast on the show with you? Have you been able to maintain relationships with them, or is it just too hard after filming? You kind of need your space away. Well, it's both because I need my space, but for some reason, I don't know if it's because um, I've been doing the show so long or what the reason is. But for some reason, I am like the below deck cast member hotline. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I had. Ben visited me in town, and then he went back to Fort Lauderdale, and then while he was visiting, Emily was sending me messages from London about feeling insecure in their relationship, and I was like, you're fine, Emily, he likes you, and okay, I handled that, (laughs) and then I had the new stewardess, Lauren, on Blodick Med, I met her because Ben had brought her up as a date, other story, uh, this summer, so I knew her, and then Bobby, I got on the show, because he's from my hometown, and so he was calling me, and then Hannah and I are friends, so they're calling me, and Captain Lee's always calling me. So this was like all in one week. Wow. And I was telling my friends, I was like, I love everyone, I love talking to them, but it's like a part-time job. <laughs> I could see that, though. Because you, I think you just give people the straight, you know, you just are very direct, and I think people appreciate that. As much as they don't want to hear it, they appreciate it. Well, yeah, and also I think they're asking me for advice because I've done it for a while now. And also the Kate that everyone sees on Below Deck, that's work Kate. But I really value my friendships. And, like, Amy Johnson's going to come stay with me in a couple weeks. So I keep in touch with most people. See, this is why I think that I'm you and I are similar, is that I think people think that we're, like, we've got a, a heart of steel, but we're actually, like, if you're in the inner circle, you're quite nice. Oh, completely. Actually, I'm probably too nice of a friend, and that's why everybody calls me. Um, Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm only being stern when it's my job. Right. Okay, tell me, is is Rocky as much of a nutbag as she seems? I was just talking about Rocky earlier this week, and I have to give her a compliment before I answer that question. (laughs) You know, she's... People are still asking about her. People are still talking about her. I mean, she was great TV for that one season. And that being said, she's also the most insane person <laughs> I, I think I've ever met. But it's like it's like intelligent crazy, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of times people who are really smart um, are also kind of crazy. She's she's talented. I think if she just like got a good prescription from a doctor, like balanced her mind out or something, um, that she could do great things. Um, right. But yeah, she's definitely the most insane person I've ever worked with, possibly ever. I mean, even the producers were like, I mean, they work with crazy people. They look for crazy people, and they're like, this one's crazy. I think when they, one producer said after they were editing the season Rocky was on, they're like, Kate, what the audience saw, that's such a fraction. We tried to edit her to look as sane as possible because we didn't want people turning the channel because she was too crazy. So she was like the Kelly Ben Simone of the uh, of the series. Yes, very very good analogy. I would dare say maybe more crazy. Oh wow! But I, I don't know because if you put Kelly Ben Simone on a yacht for six weeks and ask her to work, she might jump off the boat in her underwear as well. <laughs> what what's the deal with Bobby since you've known him forever? Is do you think that the show just got to his head and now he's like? just such a ladies man or was he just always like a dude like that no it's it's kind of strange to see how it's all unfolding because i just i was dating his friend about 15 years ago and that time i met him we'd always go offshore fishing together and he's always the nicest sweetest guy and then about a year and a half ago i ran into him in our hometown and it was around the time they were casting for the first season of below deck med and i looked at bobby and i was like cute you know i i like do you want to be on tv he's like yeah so he went on below deck med and i thought he did okay his first season but once it started airing and he's it's intense when you on the first season of a reality show the feedback you get the attention you get and the fact that his friend ariana is on pump rules 
she's also from our town. Right. I think that Bobby is behaving like a pump rules. Yeah. And I think that Ariana probably gave him some advice and I think he probably watched pump rules and, you know, saw Tom Sandoval crying a lot and saw like all the outrageous behavior of the pump rules people. And he thought if he applied that kind of strategy to below deck, he would do well, but I think it's backfiring. So did you know Ariana growing up as well? No, no. We went to different high schools. Um, I don't know Ariana at all. Okay. But um, I'm surprised I don't because it's quite small, small yeah. town. Yeah. So what other reality shows do you watch? I love Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's my fave. Um, I love Erica Jane on that. I love Kyle. I love them all equally for different reasons. I feel like it's surprising that you haven't met Kyle because doesn't she take a yachting trip every year with her family? Well, I think that Kyle's um, yachting is a new addition to her life because, you know, her husband's truly really gotten very successful only recently. And when they do take yachting vacations, they're in the Mediterranean. They're in Palma, which I love that city. But they look like they're not quite on the size yacht that I work on. Roger that. So they're like, they're entry yachting right now, which is still quite expensive, but they're like at 120 boats and I'm working on like 150s. And then what do you think of uh, the, the show now that Yolanda left? I love Yolanda, but I feel like almost she was too elegant for to continue much longer. <laughs> like how many times can we like hear Yolanda give like really polite advice it's just like not what the show's built on right <laughs> okay i i saw that you sent a tweet out that you one of your first loves was the simple life yes what what was your favorite part of that show nicole ritchie <laughs> i think nicole ritchie is comedic genius anybody who watched the simple life you watching her you'd be like this girl gets it she right. was brilliant and then she had her own i think it was just a web show yep Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I was obsessed with that. I think she's so funny. And I love that. I just found out she's on that show. Great news. Yes. And she's killing it on that. I think she was always meant to be a comedic actress. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Uh, What do you you watch any of the uh, pump rule? Do you watch those at all? Like Vanderpump? Uh, No, I watched the reunion, but the episodes are just I think it was like airing while I was out at sea. Yeah. So I missed it, but I don't know. I'm just not into the service life and the fighting and the crying as much as I am the housewives because they're more aspirational. Well, and also it's too close to your own, you know, you know, too close to your own life. It's like I never, when I was a White House intern, I never watched White uh, the West Wing. It's just like too close. Right. I don't, I don't want children. Yeah, I don't want to watch a show about um, a woman raising children because it's my day life, you know? No. I don't want to go on a cruise right now. I want to go hug a tree. I want to stay away from the ocean. Right. I want, mm-hmm. My husband never has watched the show Silicon Valley because he well, owns a software company. He's like, why would I watch that? That's my day life. So I get it. It would probably annoy him because he'd see, be like, that's not how it's exactly. really done. Right. Um, what about, have you ever watched any of the shows like Married at First Sight on Lifetime or 90 Day Fiance, any of those? No, um, but I, some, somebody told me about Married at First Sight, but I guess leading up to it, is this the premise? They have like a panel of psychologists that like match you. I was like, Hey, let's do a celebrity version or reality star version. Don't say celebrity. I'm not a celebrity, but like. If they want to do reality people version, I will sign up because they probably have better taste for picking a mate than I do. You know, that's actually a great point. I think that that's a really good point to make, that that would be a great show. Um, Because they're actually just interviewed someone who was on the first season of the show, and they're still married. She was a makeup artist, and they set her up with a fireman, and they are so happy. So you never know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I wish I had a panel of experts Picking out. Up. I wonder if we could like start a business like that. That'd be great. <laughs> but not. But now that you like on this show, you exposed your like personal dating life. I mean, would you ever make that mistake again? I mean, do you feel like okay, maybe uh, I'm going to keep things more private? 
No, I mean, the first two seasons that I filmed Below Deck, I had significant others. I had a boyfriend both seasons, and I didn't feel the need to talk about it. But I would say when I did talk about the relationship on Below Deck that was aired, it wasn't necessarily my choice. It was more me trying to take the path of least resistance with somebody who was very, you know, insistent. Got it. What about, um, can you explain, because a lot of people ask me this to ask you, what is the allure of Ben? Like, what do you think it is that girls just like so much about him? I understand why people are asking that question, because I wasn't on the first season of Below Deck. I actually watched it below deck on a yacht, and I thought Ben was obnoxious. And then when I found out I was going to be on the second season of Below Deck, my best friend was like, oh, you should hook up with the chef. He's cute. I was like, ugh, No. But then when you meet him, he's very intelligent, one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. And he's got a very posh accent. And there's just something about him once you meet him that it's uh, charming. Yeah, I could see that. He, I think people who are smart and funny, that's a great Matt. Like, he reminds me of, like, a Hugh Grant. Yeah, he's really fun to banter with. Um and he's also kind of a bad boy. So, you know, it kind of makes back, sense. Yeah. Going back to my bad taste. Like, it's like, woo. <laughs> All right. What have you ever been attracted to any of the primaries or guests? Oh, absolutely. But you can never um, hook up with them, right? Oh, I, I totally would. But they, like I was saying, like, usually if you have that amount of money, it's not like you're fighting to find someone to hang out with you. So usually... Anybody who's on a yacht and is attractive, they've already got people in line. And didn't you say you, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, you were on one of his boats? But I feel like he has, like, a harem of women that probably go with him everywhere. Well, I he, I don't think he owns a yacht. I think he charters. But he does spend a lot of time in St. Bart's. Most people that want to see and be seen go to St. Bart's uh, in December. Like, you have to make your reservation there, like, months in advance. So it was a New Year's-ish time of year, and my yacht owners had a yacht party in St. Bart's, and Leonardo was a guest. Oh, I see. And he's beautiful in person, like, unbelievable. What about um, Ryan Seacrest? Does he own his own yacht, or does he just charter? I think Ryan Seacrest is probably too busy to own his own yacht. Like, when would he ever use it? That would be a foolish investment for him. but now that he's he's taking over media, so I'm sure it's not long before he owns his own yacht. But I think if he's ever been a guest, he's probably chartering. So what, tell us about your book, because I a couple people have told me that they love it and they wanted to know how true the stories were. Right. Actually, it's all 100 percent true. Um, it tells the story of me going from college to right before I joined Below Deck. And it's kind of a coming of age story because when I left college and went into yachting, I was like, you know, I loved the simple life. I was a Paris Hilton wannabe. I had a small dog. I was like so naive. And then I got into yachting and it was like no cell phone, no cute outfits, no flirting with anybody for money. Like when you were bartending during college, it was just work. And it was a big adjustment for me. And, um, kind of the moral of the story is you know get out of your comfort zone um and hard work makes a deeper character i love it. and then so right now you're not um obviously out to sea so what do you what do you do in the off season well f- fortunately um throughout yachting and with my book and with below deck i don't have to work full time if i don't want to so at the moment i work at this place called Genesis House. It's transitional housing. We've got three historic houses in downtown Melbourne where we, if women in need are homeless, they can come here and we'll shelter them. And then if they need to stay here for a little bit, we'll shelter them that long. But we, at the same time, we make sure they're getting educated and working towards independence. Um, so that's what I do when I'm not yachting. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like it because it's such a contrast to filming a reality show about yachting which yeah. is like all ego all like people that are like not that grateful and then i come back here where it's like no ego people that are just so grateful 
do you get recognized everywhere? Yeah, I mean, I do get recognized quite a bit because I've been on the show for four seasons now. Um, but also because it's my hometown, yeah. I think people are kind of over it. Like, if they recognize me, they don't come up anymore. So, like, I could see her at the post office any day. Mm-hmm. And then how can people find you? I am on Twitter at Kate underscore Chastain. Same on Instagram. And that's it for my social media. And then tell us about your upcoming oh, podcast. Are you allowed to talk about that? Sure. Uh, I don't really know. I, um, yeah, I don't. You don't so, have to. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. So also my book is Lucky Charming, and that's available on Amazon and hard copy and for Kindle. And I'm filming an audio book or recording an audio book um, to come out in the fall. And then I'm also starting a podcast called The After Deck. And um, I'm working with Hannah, the chief stew from the Below Deck Mediterranean. And we're super excited about it. I'm excited about it, too. I think that's going to be really great to listen to. And I really love hearing about the inside world of the yachting, you know, the yachting world, because it's so outside of what any, any of us knows. I love getting a peek into a world that I know nothing about. So the right. show has been so fun to watch. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, for us, we're like, it's not that interesting, but I can understand how it would be for you guys. But for Hannah and I, it's great. The reason we're such good friends, even though Bobby kind of contested it on Watch What Happens Live. Um, we've been chatting since before she was on Below Deck when she was thinking about it. Because we have mutual friends in the yachting industry. But also, now that she's on the show, she's very unique and the, probably the only person that fully understands what it's like to work with Ben while cameras are rolling on charter as a chief stew. Like we are the only two that can understand each other in that way. Yeah. Um, well, I usually think, I think she looks so much like Kate Winslet. It's sometimes distracting. She really looks like so much like her. She's like the Kate Winslet of the yachting industry. She really is. And the fact that Kate Winslet was on Titanic, it's like a little funny. <laughs> like, I hope she's not that much like Kate Winslet when it comes to being on a boat. So funny. Well, I think you're awesome. I feel like, um, you and I are kindred spirits and I'm delighted to have the chance to chat with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Loved it. And I hope you, right. come, I hope you come back and talk about another reality show. Absolutely. I'd love to. I'm going to force you to watch something that's outside of your comfort zone, like something or it could be on like, a horrible was it, network. Was it your sister who you made watch Pump Rules? Yes. Yeah. That, I loved that episode. Your sister's hilarious. She's such a bitch. I love it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> She's like, who are these people? And I love so how about when she said none of these girls are attractive. <laughs> like, oh my god. It was so funny. She's funny. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. make I'm gonna find a show to make you watch. Give me a homework assignment. Okay. You're on you're on it. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate my it. My pleasure. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. I want to welcome to the show Lyle McKenzie from Southern Charm Savannah, which just started on Bravo. Welcome, Lyle. Hey, Kate. Thanks for having me. My first question when I heard your name was, are you kind of pissed that Lyle Menendez ruined your name for a little bit? <laughs> I was too young. I was too young for that. But uh, every now and then somebody will crack a joke about it. I was like, oh, that must suck. But OK, I, but you're taking yeah. the name back. You're taking it back. I'm going to change that. I mean, the Menendez brothers are still in jail. Uh, <laughs> so I'm the free Lyle. They're locked up. Exactly. Okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Now, I know that you're from Savannah originally. You went to Savannah Country Day School, which, according to the rest of the staff, is like going to the, what is it, like the most elite private elementary school in the history of the world? Well, according to the show and how many times I've heard that, like, I can understand how 
that may be popular belief, but apparently they let me in there. So like, it's not all that, uh, it's not all that fancy. Okay. And what is the, what grade is Savannah Country Day School till? It is like, a, it is a first through 12th grade. I think they even have, you know, pre-kindergarten. It's a, it's the whole shooting match. So when you go to school there on, you know, you know, people like your whole life, it's not, you change schools in lower school, middle school and high school. Is it sort of annoying? Like, do you feel like when you go back home, you run into everyone that you grew up with? I mean, last night I got my hair cut and I ran into two people in there that I went to school with. And then I went and picked up dinner. I ran into somebody else that I went to school with. So, like, that's just the nature of a small town and a small school. Yeah. Okay. But you left for a little while, right? You got a job. Where did you go to college? Right. I went to school at Armstrong. I went to junior college in Athens. Um, and had a blast of a time and then came back to Savannah to finish here at Armstrong. And then I left, I worked here in Savannah for a little while after college. And then I left to, and moved to Atlanta and, uh, worked for the salon equipment company that I'm still working with today. Oh, I was going to ask you that. So you were able to keep the same job, but just move home to Savannah. Part of the draw, like to take this job in Atlanta, was that we were going to grow the company big enough to move back here. Um, like the company's from Savannah, I grew up with these people. Lo and behold, they're Country Day graduates too. And um, so, like the deal was that we grow the company big enough and move back here. And it was just, uh, frankly, I thought it was only going to take like two or three years to do so, and it was like on the north end of four years and a little change. Um, but we're back here, and it's perfect. So how did the show come about? Catherine and I have some friends that are on the Charleston show. We are like acquaintances with Shep and Landon. And like, I think the producers kind of came to them and said, hey, we would like to like expand the empire. And, you know, do you know anybody that may be interesting or do you know any you know places we could shoot? And. I think that like they said, yeah, like talk to Catherine in Savannah and that's how it started. Catherine talked to these people for like, I don't know, probably close to a year. And I just never really believed in any, any of it would actually come to fruition. You know, she's like, oh, we're going to do the show. We're going to do the show. And, you know, it takes forever and forever. And then like at the last minute, they're like, well, wow, what do you think about it? And I said, well, sure. Why not? Sounds like it could be fun. Well, that's great. So did you have any reservations at all? Uh, it's only natural to be totally against it at first. Like, are you crazy? I'm going to be on reality TV. I'm going to show the world what's going on with me. But, you know, after some convincing and after like a lot of deep thought, like, you know, it's for fun and you can't take life too seriously. And this is a pretty cool and crazy opportunity. So, yeah, I had a lot of hesitations and reservations, but so far, I'm glad I did it. How long did the filming take? How long was the process? Oh, we probably filmed for like three months. Okay, so not so bad. Not so bad. No. I mean, and I work like a full-time job, and they were pretty nice and flexible. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pushback. Like, what do you mean you can't be there at 1 o'clock on a Tuesday? It's like, well, if that's the case, I need some more heads up because I got to, like, you know, get get people in line here at the office. Um, right. And they were flexible, like, you know, shot around my schedule. And it was really, it was a fun experience. What did your family think about it? Did they think you were crazy or were they excited? So today, somebody, yeah, my my family thinks I'm totally crazy, uh, especially my mom. My dad's a little bit more sensical about it. I mean, he's like, listen, you're a grown man. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. It's like, dude, I think it's a good idea. Of course not. But like. I don't pay your bills. Like, I don't care what you do, you know, quit your job, move to Mexico. It doesn't matter. My mom, like, she still thinks it's a terrible idea. Um, (laughs) The the best review that I have read so far is actually one of my dad's partners texted me today. Said he ran into the hallway and said, well, what'd you think of the show? Dad says, I'd say it was okay. Nobody pulled his dick out. And by, by the way, your father is an attorney, right? He is. And apparently he wasn't paying that close of attention because, I mean, Daniel was like butt naked half the time anyway. Right. And, <laughs> so and, that shows you how much he really cares. So does your father know Daniel? Because Daniel Daniel runs his own family firm, right? 
Yeah, I mean, my parents have known Daniel since he was five. Seriously, I mean, like just like as friends of mine, and my dad is definitely he's working in the legal field. Known known Daniel's dad Benny forever too. Wow. So, how has the show? Has it helped your friendship? Has it? Did it make things difficult? And I mean, you've, if you've known these people so long. And by the way, I must point out that Andy Cohen always says what works for housewives shows is that they've known each other, that they have real relationships. So your show's unique in the fact that you really, truly have all grown up together. So does that strengthen your relationship being on TV, or has it really been hard? Hundred percent. It's been incredible to go through this experience with your friends, and like we talk about it all the time. We go to dinner and we say, "God, I can't imagine doing this without y'all." Like how lonely it would be. And we talk about it all the time too. And it's like, if your friends aren't on it, they're like, "Will you shut up? Like, stop talking about it." So it's been it's been awesome, and I can't imagine like doing it with anybody else or doing it without them. Um, I mean, I hang out with Louie probably way too much and hang out with Daniel and obviously see Catherine and Hannah like all the time. So it was, it was a super fun experience and we wouldn't take it back for anything. So from what we've seen, one episode is aired. Who do you think seems to be most accurately portrayed on screen? Like not, you know, the, the, the most true, version of themselves is is the rest of us are getting to know sure i mean i don't know if i've seen enough i've only seen as much as you have um and i don't know that i've seen enough to really tell you which story is told most accurately um yeah i, I think truth be told that everybody kind of got a fair shot there in the first episode like i don't think that they did anybody did anybody wrong um, but it's too early for me to tell you who's really like, you know, getting the quote unquote, like production treatment and who's not. Right. Okay. And so this season, we're going to see whether or not you and Catherine end up getting engaged, correct? Possibly. <laughs> and so did the show make your, um, your journey to that decision strained it definitely, you know, in my master plan that is an ever-working, evolving piece, the show never had anything to do with it ever because in my life a year ago, there was no show, but there was a Catherine. So it it definitely, like, uh, it was a really unique piece. Um, so what is this, what's the struggle that you have so far? Why Why have you not proposed? You're just going to have to tune in to find out. Because I was in, I was with my husband for like three years, I think, before he proposed. And he likes to tell people about his proposal as if I didn't have a gun to his head. So is it more of an issue that like you're, you're just not ready to propose yet? Well, so when I lived in Atlanta, it just didn't make sense. Like I knew the whole time that I was coming back here and there was no point in Catherine moving up there, like just to turn around and move right back to town. So like, it was a great excuse. And then when I got back here, you're just going to have to tune in on Monday nights at 10 to figure out what happens. So, uh, if you do get married, is this guy, um, Nelson going to officiate the wedding? Um, you know, Nelson may tell you he's got credentials to do so, but I'd actually have to see those on paper. I can tell you Nelson will probably make the invite list. Okay. Does, is he as crazy as he seems on TV? Uh, yes. He, he, he actually He's just like is. a total character. I mean, he's a character. And, but like, that's really, it's part of his, it's part of his draw. It's part of his allure. And I swear to you in real life, he is just as nutty as he comes across on television. And he's always been like that. And he's not scared to like tell you that it's anything different than that. And that's Nelson. Wow. Okay. Um, so tell us what we need to look for this season. What do we have to look forward to? Like, give us some good scoop, good, some good stuff to, you know, sit and, <laughs> and, and have a cocktail on and, and think about for the weeks to come. 
Well, I think that there's uh, there are plenty of cocktails to be had on the show. Uh, and uh, Nelson, what did Nelson say? Like, uh, it's always five o'clock down here, or it's, it's always cocktail hour, or something good like that. He's got some great one-liners. You, uh, you'll get a taste of Ashley. She, um, she's a pretty unique character as she's well. The one, she's the one who's like an aggressive swimmer. Like, she's always naked and wants to swim all the time. I love that aggressive swimmer. Like, always ready. Like, maybe she's been training for this. <laughs> she's like training for an Olympic, uh, an Olympic event that she will never actually participate in. Well, it is it is evident that she is always down to swim anytime, anywhere, uh, any any situation. She wants to swim. Okay. So you'll probably catch some more of Ashley swimming. You'll definitely catch some more crazy one-liners from Nelson. You'll get to see uh, how mine and Catherine relationship plays out and you'll also get a little taste of Louie and Hannah and uh, you know the ups and downs and everything they go through as well okay well sounds good I am excited I love Southern Charm so this is right up my alley Um, tell everybody where they can find you on social media you can follow me on Instagram it's lyleman123 the most original Instagram name ever. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter, and it's Lyle McTweets. I like it. I like Lyle McTweets. I thought that was cute. <laughs> Much better than not Lyle Menendez, one, two, three. I mean, that's a killer name right there. <laughs> Lyle McKenzie. Okay. Well, if Catherine marries you, will she take your her name, your name or keep it real with her maiden name, you think? She's, I mean, one step at a time here, Kate. Come on. I think she should keep her maiden name. Catherine Cooper's a good name. <laughs> Catherine Cooper has got a good ring to it. I'll give you that. That's like someone, should, like she should have a handbag line. Oh, maybe you're really onto something now. I know. I'm going to say that or I'm going to say she should have some sort of like signature cocktail mixer company. I mean, she kind of has a signature cocktail already. It's a Tito's soda with lemon and lime. We call it the peanut. Very cute. Okay, cool. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you. I'm excited for the show, and I might be uh, bothering you further down that with the episodes to get some more scoop. Kate, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house. But I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up, and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. I am beyond thrilled to introduce my next guest. Deisha Dyer is, she was the, she served as the White House Social Secretary for President Obama. And the interesting fact is she's my high school classmate. We went to boarding school at the Milton Hershey School 20 years ago. And so whenever I see her written about in magazines or on television, I actually, my husband will tell you, I sometimes cry because I'm <laughs> so proud of her. So please welcome Disha. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so, I'm so excited to be on your show with you. And I am so proud of you. So you're saying about me, but I'm very proud of you too. So this is this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. So I know that you love the Real Housewives of Atlanta, which makes me so happy because um, <laughs> I just think that reality TV is so great. And I know that you probably share the same. Like we went to boarding school with people, all kinds of people. So we mm-hmm. we can read people really well. Like I think mm-hmm. that if they gave PhDs, honorary PhDs and like people watching, uh we would probably be we oh. would get certificates for sure. Definitely like Ivy League certificates. You'd be like Ivy League. Yeah. 
So tell me just like you've watched all all four parts of the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. Yes. Uh huh. What are your thoughts about the explosive ending and what has happened with Phaedra? Oh, um, you know, first of all, I want to say that I'm obsessed with Portia's hair. So that's like number that's like my number one thing. Like her (laughs) hair. You guys have like the same hair. And we did, and so I decided to get more hair added because, you know, that's what I did. So, um, but it is like, it is, it, her, I'm obsessed with her hair. That's, that's what, that's first and for like the most important thing to say. So there's that. I mean, it's, it's a shame because I watched every episode and I've always been rooting for Phaedra. Like I've always rooted for her, like when she was having her kids or when she was going through her, doing her exercise video, when she was going through the things with her husband. So it kind of really sucks that in the end this happened. But I think that, you know, you can't lie. You can't, like, lie about, you know, somebody wanting to drug somebody and have sex. That's like, that's like that crosses all lines, you know. Yeah. So I feel bad because I know that there's something probably deep inside of her. Maybe she needs a address of why she's deciding to, to do these rumors and, and, and acting like she wasn't caught for it that's the weird thing it's like 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 lady people are going to dig and find out information the truth is going to come out so you could kind of can't lie about stuff like that but i think that um you know her not being on the show anymore and then parting ways is is like that's i think that's for the best i mean there's nothing and if she continues on the show like how can we ever get past that like who's gonna get i, I can't get past that and i wasn't even involved so there you know so, yeah. I, I do think it's also setting a precedent. It, you know, the, sometimes in these housewife shows, yeah. they sling some really bad mud, and it does set a precedent. It's like, you cannot make incredibly disparaging comments, nonetheless, about someone raping someone and get away with it. It's right. it's not right. acceptable. I I felt like when she said it from the beginning, it seems so absurd because Candy doesn't drink, and she's so honest right. about sexual issues and her yes. company so it just didn't it didn't match up anyway right. um so i right. would think that normal people would go well that sounds absolutely ridiculous and the other part i thought was interesting is like portia is a beautiful woman but she is not a smart mm-hmm. person so it's unfortunate right. that she was targeted like this girl can just be the messenger and i feel like mm-hmm. all of these shows have the one person who's like the ding dong who's the messenger um, mm-hmm. And I hope that she looks back on this and says, like, boy, I was really used. But then someone told me that she still follows Phaedra on Instagram. See, so, that, see that's the thing, Kate. That's the thing that's confusing is because it's such a like, – you know, sometimes you watch these shows and you're like, like, you know, like um, – you know, Kenya's whole twirl. Like, sometimes you watch this stuff and you're just like, it's funny and it might be made up for TV, like, whatever. But something like this, you can't – like not take seriously do you know what i mean like you can't yeah. so the thing is it's like if it was like one of these like you know this would be a fun storyline it's like well maybe a fun storyline is like you know she tried my video and she got bigger but that would be like a funny kind of more of a storyline than like oh you know you're gonna drug somebody so you know and i think you know i think that portia you know like you said like she's not the smartest tool in the shed and she hasn't made the best decisions so I, you know, so I'm wondering that's why she was targeted by Phaedra. It's just, it's just messy. And the sad part is, is like, she has kids, you know. So it's just like that was it's that was a, just a little that was embarrassing. And the not funny direction, like not even not even entertaining. It's like your mouth, my mouth was just open. Like what? Did that just did that like how more ridiculous can this get? But now it turned into like, you know, slander, you know, so an accusation. So it's just not right. So yeah. Um, one question uh, before you go. Of all yes. the celebrities that came through the White House, I'm sure you can't tell me the worst, but who, who, is the, who surprised you the most? Well, um, who, who surprised me the most? I don't know who, um, I'm trying to think who surprised me. I can say who my favorite was. Yeah, sure. And I, and I honestly have loved, I love them all. Um, most of them. There was definitely a few, but um, <laughs> but uh, that'll be in the book. But um, I love them all. But I would say um, Tracy Ellis Ross and Bruce Springsteen were two of my absolute favorite people that came through the White House. And Bruce Springsteen and his wife were just the most, they were the most down to earth, nice people that I've ever 
like ever met like ever I went I like was walking in front of them and I slipped a little bit and embarrassing but they like just helped me like and I'm like and you know he doesn't he, he just he just he really is the boss and you like an idiot being like the boss he's probably like you know shut up little girl but I, I was like <laughs> oh my gosh and his wife is so nice and they're just great and Tracy Ellis Ross was just very down to earth her mom um, got an award, Diana Ross got an award um, the last month or last two months, couple months we were there. And Tracy Ellis Ross was like this staff person for her entire family. She's Aww. like, I don't know how you do this every day. She's like, I don't know how you do this. She's like, over here, everybody. Over, she's just trying to corral them. But she's also really normal. Like she came to a state dinner by herself and like just was like loving it. Did her poses and just was uplifting. So I say they was her two of my favorite, but um. We've had, you know, we definitely had some amazing celebrities come through, and most of them have been great because that's the one place where they're not the biggest celebrity in the building. Right. So it's like it's like the one, the one where it's just like you know, and and they were always so helpful on a mission. So you know, so I've I've, you know, I, I miss I miss working with a lot. They just were so humble because they were in the presence of the president and first lady, and there to really like you know, do some kind of a mission or help out with something, one of the initiatives. So yeah, I'd say Bruce Springsteen and Tracy Ellis Ross were on, on top of my list. And The Roots, The Roots came through too. They were great. So yeah. Oh, I love them. Tell people how they can find you. So I'm on um, Twitter, Deesha Dyer, D-E-E-S-H-A-D-Y-E-R. So I just launched my new website. Um, it's www.deeshadyer.com. I know it's so original. Um... And so I'm there. I'm on Instagram. It's D-E-E-D-Y-E-R-267. And I love to hear from people. I'm going to be at Essence Festival this um, this July, speaking a little bit about my career and resetting your life at age 31, as I did. And it seems I'm about to reset it again at age 40. And, um, and yes, that's where, that's where I can be found. And so, you know, I, I'm excited to, you know, to hear this podcast and to be on this show with you again, Kate. Thank you so much for this. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The amazing Kate Casey! I want to thank all my guests this week. Kate Chastain, Lyle McKenzie, and Deisha Dyer. I wanted to remind you to go to my website. I say that every week, but I really want you to go to my website because during the week, I am recapping many of the shows that we talk about on on this program. So I write these dramatic reenactments. So you really are missing out if you don't go to my website. So www.loveandknuckles.com. And I've thrown in a couple really funny Mother's Day-centered pieces this week for good measure. You can find me on Twitter at Kate Casey. Send me some tweets, especially if you're watching a TV show. Yesterday, I found a picture of Harry Dubin from Real Housewives of New York on an episode in the background of Southern Charm. So that guy gets around. So check that out. My Instagram is at KateCaseyCA always posting funny pictures. I'm going to post one tomorrow of me imitating P. Diddy. And then my Facebook page is Love and Knuckles. If you want to meet funny, cool, awesome people, you better subscribe to my page and you will be so enamored with the people that post on there. It's just a great, great, great thing. And most of all, I want to tell you, you've got to subscribe to my show and leave me a five-star review. The more people who review, the more the show gets noticed. And I so appreciate everyone that's left a review. I am sending you jazz hands, spirit fingers, and high kicks. I want to wish you guys a great week. Thank you so much. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. 
Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devi Adaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 